Blood and Destroyers and All Elite Wrestling Podcast for October 18th, 2021 is presented by RPGera.com. Monday, and you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com, where we discuss the latest week in AEW excitement. I, of course, am your host, Brian. I'm solo this week, and we'll explain why in just a few moments. Special shout out to Midnight Danger for the excellent intro theme to the podcast. Go check him out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Seriously, wherever you can find people. He's the perfect mix of 80s glam metal and those sweet synthwave tones. Check him out. You will not be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor. If you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever app that you've chosen to listen to us on. Leave us a quick rating and a review. It really does help us out in terms of search results so that more people can start finding our show and hopefully falling in love with AEW as I continue to do every single week. I am solo this week because Dan, unfortunately, unfortunately having to take another step away from the content here in-house uh, and that only <laughs> that does not only affect blood and destroyers it also is going to be affecting the max level podcast as well and potentially his own content too i think outside the youtube channel where he's doing his uh his short and sweet videos but you know it's a it's an easier schedule that he's able to manage and if you're not following him over there make sure you go do that youtube.com just search for crazed 11 k-r-a-i-z-d-1-1 He's not quite at the 100 subscribers yet. Doesn't have the custom URL. That's what we're trying to get him to. We got less than 50 to go. So if you've yet to subscribe to Dan over there on YouTube, make sure you go look for him and do that. Um, but for now, <laughs> because I guess this show has bad luck maintaining a co-host. Maybe it's me. I don't know. I hope it's not me. Probably is me. Um, I'm solo again. I don't have Dan right now. Frank, unfortunately, only has time for one show, and that show is BG Mania. So... I don't quite know what to do here. If, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to keep a solo show. I don't really like sitting down like a one-person radio. I'm sure I could do it. I don't know that I want to do it, though. Like, I prefer to have somebody to talk to and to get other opinions and to get interactions. So, I'm going to have to start shopping around. I'm going to have to start keeping an eye and an ear out. We'll have to see what happens. You know, I have no issues doing this show by myself for the time being. Maybe something big will come along for us. Maybe we'll get a co-host that, uh, that'll that take us to the next level. Not the max level. Maybe the max level. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to quite do here. So we skipped last week, and I'm sorry about that, but I just didn't have time to prepare, I guess, for doing a solo show outside of it just being a quick, hey, here's a recap. That's pretty much it. I'll see you next week type of a deal. And I really didn't want to do that. So I decided to just wait, especially since Dynamite was on Saturday this week. You know, we had a funky week anyway. It wasn't really like Dynamite was on a Wednesday and I try to get the episodes out before that. So that way, you know, stuff's relevant when you listen to it. 
it's been tough lately, obviously. Um, and while I'm solo, I guess the shows might tend to be a little on the shorter side, unless I get pretty verbose talking about certain things. Um, you know, sometimes I just don't have a ton of things to say about certain subjects. So I'll try to do my best. I'll try to keep the show lengths going to what we're used to. But for now, we have technically two weeks of content to recap since we skipped last week. I'm just going to briefly go over last week's content um, since it is, you know, kind of two weeks old. People have been talking about it. I'm sure you don't need to hear about it again. I'm sure I don't have that many different opinions than everybody else that's already expressed their opinions on this subject here. But uh, let's jump to the Dynamite Anniversary episode. This was back on October 6th. And this show, I thought, was actually pretty freaking entertaining. And I enjoyed that it was in Philadelphia. I loved the post, you know, post stuff that they did. Um, may have been uh, after the Rampage taping, right? Because, yeah, Rampage wasn't live. They had Tony Khan, Taz, Jericho, CM Punk stuck his head in there, Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, guys that were attached to ECW that are on the roster right now come down and kind of pay their respects to the city of Philadelphia, which I thought was pretty cool. And they delivered a pretty solid show for the city. We kicked things off with uh, Trio's action. We had the Elite taking on Jurassic Express. Oh, it was actually eight-man tag, sorry. Uh, the Elite, and because that was Adam Cole in there as well. So it was Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks taking on Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Brian Danielson, and Christian Cage. The match was friggin' awesome. I mean, it's pretty much what we expected. A nice blend of talent to showcase that AEW has, people that have, you know, been around for a bit, people that are sort of brand new to the scene, a lot of different styles in there. I really enjoyed this match. I enjoy how they botched the uh, powerbomb to Luchasaurus and then made a joke about it on BTE the following week. I thought that was kind of entertaining, but yeah, I thought this match was fun. I had no issues with it. Next up, we had Sammy Guevara defending the TNT Championship against Bobby Fish. And this is Bobby Fish's first appearance. He has since made several more appearances and matches uh, over the last week, which thank God, because man, Bobby Fish has got this fire lit underneath him right now. And this match that he had against Sammy Guevara, I thought was really well done. And it led to him getting signed, right? Like that's the ultimate goal. Uh, I, I thought we saw a much stronger side to Bobby Fish than we got to see over his last several years in NXT. And man, did I pop hard when he came out to the old Ring of Honor music and still continues to do so. So the Redragon music still alive and well. Uh, it'd be nice if Kyle O'Reilly was able to break free and kind of reform that over there, but man, that'd be cool. Um, I'm glad Bobby Fish is where somewhere, uh, I think he's going to be much more appreciated and utilized a bit better than he was where he was before. So, uh, Sammy Guevara is doing excellent as the TNT champion right now as well. He's had some solid performances. He's been great on the mic, uh, as we'll talk about here when we get to this week's Dynamite. I'm trying not to take too long on last week's, because again, it's not current. Uh, next up, we had Darby Allen taking on Nick Camarado. I'm pretty much going to skip over this one. Um, it was a one of those matches that you know took place, commercial break, a lot of picture-in-picture picture and stuff, and a lot of the match actually happened during picture-in-picture. Picture. What we saw on camera wasn't that long. 
But of course, Darby's going to win this match, right? Like there was no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So uh, is what it is. But what's interesting is this, you know, feud that's kind of developed going on this program, I guess, between Darby Allen and MJF that I'm more excited to talk about. There was a, as we mentioned, that segment where he was talking about his uncle. And then there was going to be, I, I, you know what, because we'll save it. It was for this week. I don't know why I'm trying, I, I don't know why I'm trying to lump it in here because we'll talk about it again. We'll talk about it again. Uh, next up on two weeks ago, we had Hikaru Shida going against Serena Deeb to try and get Hikaru Shida's 50th win to be the first female to achieve 50. Jungle Boy was the first male to achieve 50. I think there's been since a few more that have achieved 50. But right before this match started, they actually had Aubrey Edwards in the ring with Tony Khan. Or I'm sorry, Tony, uh, Tony Schiavone, not Tony Khan. And they announced the debut of the TBS title, which was rumored over the last several weeks. And reports were true. It actually is going to be a part of the women's division, a singles women's title. Title, like a not necessarily a mid card title because they don't really classify titles in AEW as mid card and I kind of like that the titles are just the titles that's why you see the tag titles main eventing sometimes it's why you see the TNT title main eventing quite often uh, of course the AEW title main events when it's on the line but the women's title main events the TBS title will likely main event as well um, I, I like that they don't have these mid card lower card discrepancies i guess is the word to use maybe i don't really know um i could be i could be speaking off term there but i like that they are going to be doing this tournament they've yet to reveal the brackets for the tbs title i think the brackets are coming next week maybe if i'm remembering correctly i'm not quite sure but anyway, going back to the match, Akari Shida taking on Serena Deeb. If Shida wins, she gets her 50th victory. And my fucking God, this match was pretty phenomenal. Um, it usually always is. Serena Deeb has been on a goddamn roll lately. And as we'll see as this match continues and as this match ended, she won. She stopped Sheeta from getting her 50th victory, which I thought was a smart booking decision because they did make such a big deal about it. They had a freaking trophy sitting outside the ring ready to give to Hishida if she were to win this match and get her 50th. They didn't do that for Jungle Boy. So I kind of assumed that there was going to be a storyline reason for that being out there. And I just wasn't quite sure what it was. But I like the decision to go with Serena Deeb as the victor here. And after she got the victory, you know, she went out there, she grabbed that, uh, that, trophy or whatever it was that plaque and she went in there and just smashed it over Sheeta busting it up and I like that and I like this new attitude from Serena D we'll mention it here because it's not really worth mentioning uh either Rampage or Dynamite this past week because they're both back to back they're going to blend together for me a little bit um there was a backstage segment with Serena D talking and Sheeta just came up and started beating the crap out of her so I like that this is uh, this is a feud I can get behind, and this attitude that Serena Deeb is showing now. This you know much more. I don't really care. I don't give a shit. I'm better than you. Type of an attitude. I like it. I like it a lot. Our main event from the anniversary Dynamite two weeks ago. We had the Casino Ladder Match. We had uh, who was in it? Pac, Orange Cassidy, Andrade El Idolo was in there. Um, Matt Hardy, Lance Archer, John Moxley. And then, of course, the Joker, as we speculated. I know Dan and I were talking about how it could be somebody from, like, ECW. Then I started thinking, maybe, well, shit, maybe it could be somebody from New Japan. 
but of course, we mentioned it the last time we were here on the show. Hangman Adam Page made the most sense. And of course, it was him. Of course, it was Hangman. He was the Joker. He came out to a massive pop. And man, got the victory. Sky bolting right back up to the top. That's the way to do it. That's how you get somebody right back who was at the height of their career, who was, you know, on fire and then took a step away. Uh, we may as well lump this in here. Might as well. There was a promo that he did on Dynamite this past Saturday where he talked about his upcoming match with Kenny Omega and basically what cowboy shit means to him and that cowboy shit mentality. This was an A-plus promo. This was the best promo that Adam Page has ever delivered. I think they set him up to capture the title with that promo. So, you know, him going away, him obviously losing the shot back when he did a couple months ago, when he and the Dark Order lost their world title tag title shots to Omega and the Bucks in that title match or trios match um, back in July, I think it was. Yeah, because it would have been before the the, uh, the pay-per-view uh, all in. So, but I think it was July. This is how you put him right back at the top. This is how you get him that, you know, match, which has already been confirmed to be taking place at Full Gear on November 13th, Saturday night. Make sure... You're in our Discord server because I will be live chatting throughout that entire show. I'm sure others will be in there live chatting as well. If all in is anything to go by, set the fucking standard for what a wrestling pay-per-view is supposed to be. I hope to God full gear tops it. I, I mean, it's going to be tough, but if anybody can do it, it's my boy Tony Khan. So, Page and Omega coming up less than a month. I'm pretty excited, and I think this is the right call, obviously, right? Everybody else is kind of tied up in a storyline right now, as we'll see. They did announce a world title eliminator tournament that'll be taking place over the next few weeks with the finals taking place at full gear at the pay-per-view. I speculated after the leak of Tony Khan's notebook at the Jags game that Mox v. Brian may be the finals of that title eliminator tournament. And then they showed off the bracket to a said tournament at the end of Dynamite last, well, no, two nights ago, Saturday night. I was going to say last night, but nope, it's Monday. Um, yeah, we have Mox going up against 10. I mean, Mox is probably going to win. Orange Cassidy taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. I see Orange Cassidy winning. Mox will probably beat Orange Cassidy to make it to the finals on his side. And then on the other side, we have Dustin Rhodes taking on Brian Danielson, which I'm sure Brian will win. Lance Archer taking on Eddie Kingston. This is the only one that I think could honestly go either way. And I'd be okay with it going either way to, to see one of these guys square up against Daniel Bryan. But I hope it's Lance Archer. Uh, Brian and Archer, I think, would be a freaking fun match to watch. But again, I see Brian winning that, going to the finals of his side. And then it being Mox v. Brian at full gear, which I think would be a hellacious match with Mox's new attitude, Brian's new attitude. Uh, I, I think it would be phenomenal to see these guys in the ring together. Hopefully that is going to end up the case. But yeah, that's how you get Hangman Adam Page right back into the title picture, man. Not having to go through the buildup again. I like how they do these, you know, casino ladder match brass sonic ring match whatever you want to call it casino battle royale ways to get people title matches that they want to put into a program and not have to go through the legitimacy of the ranking system that is in place in aew it's smart it is smart uh the anniversary dynamite i'd probably give it I'd probably give it four. You know what? Yeah, let's go four stars. Four stars for the uh, anniversary dynamite. Um, I thought it was solid. Very, very solid. 
And then we had Rampage two nights later on October 8th, still Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Opened up with CM Punk taking on Daniel Garcia. This was a freaking awesome match, man. I am so behind 2.0 and Daniel Garcia right now. Obviously, CM Punk having the time of his life coming back to professional wrestling. I thought this match was really entertaining. I'm super behind what they're doing with Daniel Garcia right now. I'm really, really, really glad that uh, that um, 2.0 is the BTE champion. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt, who is it? Matt Lee, Jeff Parker, right? I hope I didn't get their names confused. Um, Matt being the champion. I love what they're doing, setting up the tournament on BTE. I really enjoy Daniel Garcia's in-ring wrestling. He is so vicious and he's so focused and he's... Man, he's just good. He's just really good. And CM Punk obviously is good. I thought this was awesome. I think CM Punk has been doing a great job selling lately to the younger talent. And he even made a comment about that. You know, he wants talent to know that it's okay to sell and okay to make your opponent look strong as we see things you know where where sometimes the strong style doesn't allow for that we'll talk about a match that might be my match of the year in just a few minutes but man oh man oh yeah it was good we had the lucha bros taking on the acclaim next for the aew tag team titles lucha bros obviously defending uh good to see the acclaimed back getting the title shot i like how they've been putting the lucha bros kind of consistently on rampage with these titles um, this was a good match. I I had no complaints here. I I like that Lucha Bros are, you know, kind of in the forefront. They are defending the titles. They're in the picture, as we'll talk about here in a little bit. They are defending the AAA tag titles as well. And I think they're just doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I'm really happy for them. They deserve to be in the spot that they are right now. They are absolutely one of the best tag teams. Um, man, so happy for him. So happy for him. And I'm glad the acclaimed have been kind of bouncing back after the misstep with Mac, uh, Max Caster's rap a few months ago. He's still bringing some fire. I saw him calling out the rock on social media after the rock put out that rap video. Uh, I, I, I want to, I want to see Max Caster just. I want to see good things for him, man. And I want to see him utilize his talents as, as a rapper, as a freestyle rapper. It'd be batshit crazy if the rock were ever to do something like that. No way, no way would that happen. Uh, I saw him calling out top dollar lately too, over in, uh, over in, uh, WWE. So yeah, pretty crazy stuff. We had Sky Blue taking on Jade Cargill. When they announced this match, I was praying to the gods that it wasn't going to be a squash. But of course, it was set up to just be that. A quick squash match. I am a big fan right now of Sky Blue. I really hope she ends up with a contract to AEW. I think she deserves it. I think she's proven that she belongs there. Um, shit, I want to see her in the TBS title tournament. Like, right? They showed her in the vignettes and the promos for it. I think it'd be awesome if her name was called to be in that. And I, I, I think it would be cool if she would maybe to go past the first round. Are they going to let her go to the finals? Doubtful. But it'd be cool to see her get an upset over somebody that maybe you thought were going to win. You know, like one of those NCAA bracket upsets you don't see all the time. But Sky Blue has such a strong career. She's super young. She's already a champion in several indie promotions, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at least one. And man, Tony Khan is... is 
cannot let her walk away, right? Like she's going to be good. She's going to be good. So hopefully she ends up with a contract here relatively soon. But of course, Jade Cargill gets the victory here. And then Thunder Rosa comes down to make the save with a chair to continue or to stop the uh, the attack from Jade Cargill. And interesting to note, it was Jade Cargill v. Thunder Rosa penciled on Tony Khan's notebook paper. So maybe that's where that match is going to come into play. Our main event on Rampage two weeks ago, we had the FTW title on the line, of course, because it's Philadelphia, baby. Ricky Starks defending against Brian Cage. I enjoyed the shit out of this match. I obviously am so high on both Ricky Starks and Brian Cage right now. I think Starks is phenomenal both in the ring and on commentary when he's doing commentary on Rampage. Brian Cage, I think being underutilized a little bit right now. I would like to see him enter into some bigger programs. Hopefully this may have been the end of the feud with Team Taz, but I highly doubt it. Um, I doubt it. We'll see what happens here. Obviously, Starks was going to retain the FTW title, though. So, yeah, we'll see where Brian Cage goes from here. It could still be into this feud with Team Taz, but I really just don't know. I'd like to see him go into something bigger. Uh, maybe not necessarily to the world title right away. Could go into the TNT tab, but again, he's, he could turn heel. I mean, he already guess he was heel. I guess he just turned face. We don't want to turn him heel again. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's not for me to decide. That's not my job. It's TK's job. And I'm sure he'll do just a good job figuring it out. Um, I have full faith. For Rampage two weeks ago, it was pretty good. Let's go three and a half stars for Rampage two weeks ago. We'll go three and a half stars two weeks ago on Rampage. That'll bring us to, because there was no Dynamite this past Wednesday, our very next show was Rampage. And apologies, we're not really doing Dark and Elevation this time because it is a bit of a different uh, feel with just myself here. And because I did want to recap two weeks worth of content main shows, I wasn't sure exactly how long I was going to talk. And I really didn't want to just be like, all right, here's what happened on Elevation. Here's what happened on Dark. I didn't, you know, I, I wanted to at least give a few minutes to each if I if I did talk about it and, and that just wasn't in the cards for this week so we'll bring back discussing Elevation Dark BTE all that good stuff next week as well but jump into Rampage this past Friday night October 15th we had an interesting setup here we had an interesting setup you're going to hear me take a drink I'm probably not going to edit it out but we had an interesting setup here and I'll tell you what that is in just a second so the reason that Dynamite was not on Wednesday is because it was delayed due to the uh, kickoff to the NHL season. SmackDown was moved to Fox Sports 1 for maybe the same reason. I'm not quite sure why they got bumped to, to FS1 over Fox that night. Either way, they announced a supersized SmackDown that was going to take place from 8 to 10:30 and their final half hour from 10 to 10:30 which would go head to head with the first half hour of Rampage was to be commercial free and it was to feature Becky v Sasha and something with Roman and Brock so and I didn't watch Smackdown so I, I don't know exactly what the segment was <laughs> So AEW, Tony Khan, announces a buy-in to Rampage that takes place from 9 to 10 p.m. on YouTube with three solid-ass matches that we're going to quickly talk about here. First off, Ty Conti taking on Santana Garrett. This is interesting because, as Gio pointed out in our Discord server, this is a match that the two had back in NXT when they were still really green, 
and uh, was was a pretty poorly received match, but this one actually was much better and showcases what you can actually do when you invest in talent and you know spend time. Tycon T has been a, a complete 360. It's you know her growth has been so awesome with an AEW. Um, yeah, Tycon T's great. Santana Garrett's great. I thought this match was pretty good for what it was. Um, yeah, but it wasn't that long either. So. Next up, we had Lee Moriarty taking on Bobby Fish. This was a phenomenal match. Lee Moriarty has earned his full-time contract with AEW. I'm so glad that he has one, as has Bobby Fish. Um, you know, they had zero, zero story coming into this match, zero buildup, and it was just an incredible match from start to finish. I love the styles. I love the way that Lee Moriarty is in the ring. Obviously, Bobby Fish is fantastic, and the chemistry that they share, I don't know if they've ever wrestled before in the past, but the chemistry that they shared, the way they worked off each other, hats off, man. Super, super impressive. Um, next up, we have my match of the year candidate, I think. Uh, you know, I've talked about Kenny Omega taking on Ray Phoenix back in January as potential match of the year candidate. I've talked about the Lucha Bros taking on the Young Bucks inside the Steel Cage at All Out as being a match of the year candidate. I think Brian Danielson taking on Kenny Omega is a match of the year candidate. And I think this one right here, Brian Danielson taking on Minoru Suzuki is potentially my front runner right now for match of the year candidate. This was a... 10-star match in a 5-star system. I was so happy start to finish, smiling ear to ear. The strong style, the slaps, the elbows, the way Danielson sold the shit out of those elbows from Minoru Suzuki, uh, the kicks, how they kept getting back up. This was a strong style, New Japan style match from the start until the bell ended with Brian getting the victory. This was incredible, and this would have never happened never happened had he chose to stay with WWE. So my God, did he make the right choice for his career and what he actually wanted. He wanted to have matches with New Japan. He's getting them. He's not even having to go to Japan to get these matches. Tony Khan is making it happen. I am so happy. I think this match could literally main event anything. Like this, this is it right here. Taz made a comment during commentary. If you're watching TV instead of this on YouTube, you are a dumbass. Sorry, but you're as dumb as a box of rocks. And if truer words were not spoken, I don't know. Like, this blows pretty much anything we've ever seen. Professional wrestling is in such a strong spot right now. I'm so happy that competition is thriving, you know. As we'll talk about here, because numbers did come out for Rampage. We'll talk about it after we're done talking about Rampage. Whew! Wrestling is in such a good spot right now. I'm so happy. Uh, and, and I hope, hope that this is not the last time we saw Minoru Suzuki and Brian Danielson clash in the ring because it was everything we could have ever hoped for and wanted. Man, it was just so good. Uh, when we switch over to the actual Rampage on TNT, they opened up with CM Punk taking on Matt Seidel. Another phenomenal match. This had a good story coming into it. Leo Rush kind of making his presence felt in AEW again. Kind of, you know, getting behind Dante Martin. Kind of getting behind Matt Seidel. Getting Seidel the match, quote unquote, with this match. Uh, or I'm sorry, for, uh, through Tony Khan. And I think Punk looked great in this match. I think Seidel looked phenomenal in this match. This was really a strong 
long and went like almost 20 minutes and had to follow Suzuki and Danielson, which went almost 30 minutes. I think this was just such smart booking. I really like how they've been, you know, I I know there's been some criticism to CM Punk's booking in AEW. I think it's been great. You know, he's wrestling. He's working on the wins. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's building up the uh, the wins, climbing the rankings ever so slowly. And one day he's going to have a title shot. He'll be knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door for that AEW World Heavyweight Championship shot. And uh, when the time comes, man, I'm going to be excited. Can you imagine? What if, hmm, will it be Omega? Probably not. Not right. If, if Hangman Adam Page is potentially the one to dethrone. That would, man, that means a heel would be next up for a major feud. And I know we've talked about Miro, and Miro makes a shit ton of sense. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, great match here between the two. Um, and to follow, like I said, to, to, to follow Suzuki and Danielson, which I thought was going to be impossible. They absolutely did it. Uh, next up, we had women's action on Rampage. We had the Bunny taking on Ruby Soho. They've been kind of involved in a little program as of late. I actually thought this was well done. Uh, Ruby Soho, as we've been talking about here on the show, has been absolutely on fire since showing up in AEW. And the Bunny has had certainly her strong showings, but has had a showing of, you know, just okay matches as well. I thought these two worked really well together. They had a good story kind of being told between the two. And I like what they do here. Obviously, Ruby getting the victory, uh, quick backslide to get the pin. But then after the match, Penelope Ford comes down and they get, you know, the the brass knucks involved. So you have to assume there's going to be a lot of stories that are going to spill over in the women's division as the TBS title brackets. I like I said, I, I suspect I think they're being revealed sometime this week, maybe on Dynamite on Saturday again. Um, could be on Rampage, too. Not quite sure, but I know they're going to be revealed soon and i think a lot of these storylines are going to start spilling into those brackets so um yeah we'll have to see what happens and then we had our main event of rampage we had the inner circle it was chris jericho jake hager and sammy guevara taking on the men of the year ethan page scorpio sky and junior dos santos making his in-ring wrestling debut um, Dan Lambert, obviously on the mic, flipping the sh- flipping his shit. I love this storyline. I like what they're doing here. Obviously, it's setting up for a big for a big match payoff. I'm assuming at full gear between the inner circle and a hefty amount of America top team. Um, there was a lot going on here. There was a lot of fucking people from America's top team out there. Jorge Masvidal was out there. I just read a report today that he's been having a ton of fun during his AEW stuff. Uh, probably not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Of course, why would you? Wrestling's hot as shit right now and is so much fun to do. If you're invited and you're involved and you're doing it, why would you stop, right? Like, if you're in a hot program, especially with the likes of Jericho, the TNT champion, Sammy, which means we might not see a TNT title match at full gear now that I say that. Um, You know, if they say they do a five-on-five, Jericho, Sammy, Hager, Santana, and Ortiz, that would tie up the TNT title. So we may not get a TNT championship match at, um, at full gear. But I wonder if they'll try to rush the TBS title tournament to get the TBS title decided by the pay-per-view. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. 
Either way, this match was fun. It wasn't nearly as strong as the matches previously discussed. Um, you know, Lee Moriarty, Bobby Fish, Danielson, Suzuki, CM Punk, Matt Seidel, even even Bunny and Ruby Soho to an extent, I, I thought were better matches than this. But it was still fun. It was still entertaining. It was see fun. It was, man, I'm getting tired. It was still fun seeing Jorge Masvidal in there delivering another knee. Junior Dos Santos making his in-ring debut. And then calling out, talking shit to Roman Reigns. And that's what I want to mention here. Roman talking about the roster to AEW, how he would kick them out of the club. And Junior makes a makes a tweet. He's like, hey, what club are you at, man? I'll show up. And then the ratings come out today, Monday, the 18th. And wouldn't you know it, even though SmackDown had slightly more eyes on it uh, in terms of total viewers in the key demo that everybody talks about, that 18 to 49 demo, <laughs> Matt Seidel and CM Punk beat Becky and Sasha. And then the Bunny and Ruby Soho tied Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at a 0.23. If that's not telling you how good AEW is doing right now, I get it, man. That's those numbers. That's not super impressive. 0.23, you know, not, not cracking a million for a show. We've come a long way from the attitude era, early two thousands of, of raw nitro being a, a three, 4.0 rating SmackDown maintaining its two to 2.5 has been pretty impressive. Obviously this one being on Fox sports one is why it was so low and why this competition was so important and why they decided to do a supersized SmackDown to try to rub it in the face of of um of AEW and I saw a lot of people on social media thinking that SmackDown would stomp the shit out of AEW and they did not. AEW held their own with the likes of, you know, people that aren't even on the end of they're not even champions right now. You know, Punk is Punk, obviously he's a huge name, but Matt Seidel isn't currently. He's a fun fucking awesome wrestler, but he's not a huge name. Ruby Soho's got a lot of fire behind her right now, but she's not a champion. The Bunny, she's probably the least known out of the four, and she should be so proud of herself that she was able to go toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I think this is so fucking cool, man. Uh, It's exciting because it means that there might be a possibility in the future for competition brewing between AEW and WWE's main shows. Who knows, man? Time will tell. Time will tell. If Rampage could get out of that 10 p.m. death time slot, what if Rampage went 8 to 10? I See, if I would be in favor of extending Rampage an hour if it went from 8 to 10 as opposed to 10 to midnight. I like the one-hour format, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. I think that's smart. But again, 10 p.m. on a Friday night is a death time slot. Not that many people are tuning in. People are out. They're doing shit. They're out with friends, out getting drunk, out getting high, out doing illegal activities, whatever the fuck you're doing. You're probably not sitting at home watching AEW. And that's okay. I am because I don't have a life right now, but I'm different. But most people are out there enjoying their life and maybe DVRing it, maybe catching some highlights on YouTube or online after the fact. But 10 p.m. is a tough time spot. You put it on 8 to 10. You put it on there head-to-head with SmackDown. Once it does, keep building some momentum. Once some of these other names come in, like your Bray Wyatt coming here shortly, um, maybe Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn showing up in January. Dude, you start going head-to-head. You might have a chance. You might not win right away. You might not win ever, but you take a piece of the pie. 
And as long as you have that dedicated AEW fan base that continues to show up, that continues to, you know, promote the YouTube stuff, they watch everything. They like myself, they watch Dark, they watch Elevation, they watch BTE, they watch the vlog, they tune in weekly, they try to make their views count for Rampage and Dynamite to help the ratings. Eventually it's going to take, you know, closer and closer to catching up. And when it does, man, it's going to be so exciting. But even if it never does, even if this is the height of our, of our excitement, what a time to be a fan of professional wrestling again after so many years of just how humdrum, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, like just boringness and repetitiveness. AEW came in, kicked us in the balls, and it was absolutely needed. I'm so excited that this is where we are right now. I'm so excited to to be a fan and and i'm really just a fan of what aew is doing like this really the content that i'm consuming the most obviously when aew guys are involved outside stuff like i'll tune in on december 4th to watch kenny omega defend that triple a world title against daniel dada viking oh i am so fucking excited for that match dada viking oh definitely being one of my favorite luchadors right now out there in 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 wrestling so freaking good um lumping rampage together as the buy-in and the tnt show i mean this was five stars this was a five-star rampage again you have suzuki and danielson which blew five stars away like i said we're talking we're talking 10 stars on the melter scale i don't know exactly what he gave it i'd be i'd be curious um but Bobby Fish, Lee Moriarty was phenomenal. CM Punk, Matt Seidel was phenomenal. Bunny Ruby Soho, freaking awesome. Main event was fun. The opening match, Ty Conti, Santana Garrett was fun. This was a good five-star dynamite, and I was very impressed. But that'll bring us to the last thing we're going to talk about on the show this week. Our special Saturday night dynamite. Uh, both of these shows, obviously, were both from Miami, Florida at the James L. Knight Center. And we had a pretty good card to get to here. Kicking things off, we had Dante Martin in the ring the prior week on Dynamite, kind of issuing a challenge. He wanted to step up. Obviously, Leah Rush now in his corner. And careful what you wish for, Dante. You got Malachi Black answering the challenge. And you know what? This match was fucking good. I wanted Dante Martin to have a good showing here. I was a little bit scared coming into this that Malachi would dominate because he has been so dominant in some of his matches against the Nightmare family. But this match just proved that anybody can go toe-to-toe with Malachi Black. And Malachi Black is just still human, even though he's got otherworldly personas and, you know, mystifications about him. It still is possible to be defeated. And uh, Dante Martin did come close, but man, what a great showing this was. I think Dante Martin has such a bright future. We did see in a backstage segment after, of course, Malachi getting the victory here, but um, Dante Martin's star continues to rise ever so higher in AEW. And later on in the show, we saw him and Leah Rush talking backstage and Leah Rush is like, hey, you know what? We're a tag team now. I wonder where that leaves Darius Martin, his brother that's currently out injured. Geo did mention in Discord, you know, he still probably has about a good seven, eight months left to go to recovery or something like that. But still, interesting pairing now. You know, they're official tag team. I have a feeling it's going to come into play when Darius is ready to come back. I wouldn't be shocked. Long-term storytelling. Tony Khan seems to like it. So we'll see what happens. Sorry, I had to get another drink there. That's the uh, unfortunate ability about doing show solo is that you never have time to stop talking you have to keep going you have nobody to bounce off of and um you know throat gets dry it happens we had a segment 
With the Inner Circle reuniting in the ring, all five of them, this is what I talked about leading up to that America's Top Team match, probably at full gear. Not going to spend too much time on it. We talked about it a little bit. I like how Jericho was taking shots at Paige Van Zant, who has been out there pretty frequently with the stuff with America's Top Team. You know, she was taking selfies of Jericho on the ground the week prior after their after their uh, the match with um, Junior Dos Santos and Men of the Year. Obviously, her husband was out there, and Jericho's like, I wouldn't touch you with your husband's genitalia. I think, that, dude, this is just, it's a fire storyline. I really enjoy what they're doing here. I know it's kind of weird bringing in America's Top Team, but shit, man. Forbidden Door, it's been kicked down. Bring in all these names. Bring in all these people. It's getting eyes on your product, and I think that's what's most important. It's being talked about outside of professional wrestling now. It's being talked about everywhere, and and that's why AEW continues to thrive and continue to do so well. Segment was just okay at best. Like it was weird seeing Dan Lambert, ta- you know, kind of being all proud about being from Miami initially, going to my hometown, and then coming out there. And because of course he's going to get the shit boot out of him. He's one of the ultimate heels right now. Such a heel magnet when he's got a mic in his hand and um, to run down the city after after being proud of it. I, I thought that was a little weird. Maybe my only misstep with the segment, but I'm excited to see where this is going to go. I'm excited to see who's going to be involved when it is. Um, uh, I'm assuming confirmed to be a a five-on-five match for the pay-per-view. We'll have to wait and see. Next up, we had the AAA tag team titles on the line. We had the Lucha Bros defending against a mystery masked team known only to be close friends of Andrade El Idolo. There were rumors going around that it were going to be some pretty big names. Uh, Laredo Kid, I think, may have been uh, popped. I forget exactly who was being rumored, but it ended up being the Super Ranas, the Super Frogs. And lo and behold, as the match went on, of course, the Super Ranas, known, more known, I should say, as FTR, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood. Uh, what a fucking awesome match this was. I thought this was an A match. Um, these, these teams tore the house down. Obviously, Lucha Bros have been absolutely on fire lately. FTR can go toe-to-toe with the best teams out there. And this match still showed that FTR is still one of the best tag teams out there. Um, I thought that, you know, I, I, well, actually, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen here. I initially thought maybe if it was a legit team from AAA that the Lucha Bros would drop the title since they are the AEW Tag Team Champions. Maybe they want to focus just on one right now. But they did have that phenomenal showing against Elio Del Vikingo and uh, I, uh, I don't remember. Um, but at that recent event for AAA. Um, but wouldn't you know it? Surprise, surprise. FTR gets the victory. And are now the new AAA Tag Team Champions. And I think this is such a phenomenal storyline right here. Because FTR, you know, they're not Lucha Libre wrestlers at all. But they hold the AAA titles now. And I have to assume they're going to get booked on AAA shows. And have to wrestle against the likes of people they, you know, you know, they're no flips, just fists, whatever. This is going to be chaos this is going to be crazy and i am so excited to see what happens here i think it was a smart move the obviously they had to have the blessing of the whoever's in charge of triple a to to make the titles change hands here incredible move i'm so excited to see what happens i really am 
Next up, we had a squash match. I didn't think this was going to be a squash match at first, but I guess I should have realized it was going to be. We had John Moxley taking on Wheeler, Utah. Wheeler came out here, uh, you know, gets to come out with Orange Cassidy in the in the Pixies. Mox enters from the crowd. I think he was in the ring all of two seconds. Uh, took out Wheeler, Utah, and then just left as soon as his music hit the, hit the loudspeakers. And the best part is, the best part is, Renee, uh, Renee put a tweet out on Twitter. He's like, Big Daddy don't get paid by the hour or something like that. And, uh, you know, presumably he's already on his way back. <laughs> I'm excited to see how this uh, Eliminator, title, Eliminator title tournament takes shape. And if it does end up coming down to Mox v. Danielson, uh, that should be a great match at the pay-per-view. Next up, we had trios action. We had John Silver, Evil Uno, and Alex Reynolds uh, representing the Dark Order taking on the Super Clicks, Young Bucks, and Adam Cole, baby. I thought this was another great match. I thought this was a lot of fun. I like how they were able to play into some of the BTE storylines, especially how Silver and Reynolds have been trying to become friends with Adam Cole. And then they did that in-ring segment where they did a, uh, you know, they did the kiss that the Bucks usually do. I thought this was entertaining. There were a lot of good moments, a lot of good spots. I like seeing the Dark Order back as a as a cohesive unit without the need of interference from someone like Bray Wyatt, because I think that may have been too much. But I mean, again, we talked about it on the show would have made sense. But having it be negative one, having it be Amanda Huber, I think made even more sense. Um, and yeah, this, this, this was a really fun match here, but of course the super click, we're going to get the victory here to further the storyline along, but I like how they had jungle boy come down because earlier in the night he was attacked in the back by, uh, Omega, the bucks and Adam Cole kind of making fun of the power bomb spot from the week prior, sending Luchasaurus through a table near the backstage interview area. And, um, you know, Jungle Boy kind of has chair in hand and takes a shot at Brandon Cutler, puts him in the snare trap and then starts spraying that cold spray in his eyes. I enjoyed this. I thought this was fun. And I'll be curious to see where this actually ends up going, because as we saw in a backstage segment, even Britt Baker and Anna Jay, Britt Baker obviously being tied to Adam Cole and Anna Jay being tied to the Dark Order are getting somewhat involved in this. And next week on Rampage, they're going to actually have a match together, non-title match. But um, it could be this. This could be a, the start of how to get, say, Ty Conti, her title shot at full gear, because I think she's pretty high up in the rankings. I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes. Uh, next up, we had, what's our last takeaway? We had Tierra Hogan and Penelope Ford going one-on-one. It was nice seeing Kiara Hogan on Dynamite. I still don't think she signed yet. I wish she would be. Um, I, I think she would be a smart addition to the AEW women's division. I think she has a unique look to her. She's got a unique wrestling style. I always enjoy seeing her in there. The, the match was not the greatest. Obviously, it was a little bit sloppy at times, but it was still fun, and of course, Penelope Ford was going to pick up the victory here. I have to assume Penelope's probably going to be involved in this TBS title tournament bracket. Um, and because of the storyline right now with Ruby Soho and the bunny, like, you know, she's just the one that's the bigger star, the bigger storyline right now. So, and with Ruby coming down to, you know, make the attack on Penelope after the fact, I think this was just the way this was going to go. So, uh, match wasn't great, but is what it is. 
And next up, we had that Hangman Page interview we talked about already. Um, and then we closed the show with Brian Danielson taking on Bobby Fish in singles action, both coming off uh, fantastic matches just 24 hours prior. Obviously, Fish with Lee Moriarty, Danielson with Minoru Suzuki. And I thought this was another great showing for both guys. Easily, you know, Danielson is just on fire right now. He's having so much fun. I love what they're doing here um this wasn't going to be better than danielson and suzuki like i said that was a that was an instant classic that i i think people will be talking about for years and years and years to come so yeah this was fun and right now obviously with adam page and kenny omega kind of being tied together with the uh the title danielson just getting in there and having matches with people that he's going to put on a fucking awesome showing with is probably the best thing for him to do um if it does come down to to him and Mox at the title or at the finals of the Eliminator tournament, I'm assuming Danielson's going to get the victory, but it'll be interesting if he didn't. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Dynamite star rating for this past Saturday night, though. I think I would probably go four stars. I think this was a fun show. Um, could have been a little bit better, but. Not much to complain about. Not much to complain about. Not much that I want to complain about. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Four stars. Let's go with that. Looking ahead, we have another Saturday Night Dynamite coming up. We have another Friday Rampage, obviously, coming up. This time, I think they're in Orlando, Florida. Let's see if we can find the cards coming up for this week. That's been announced so far. Doing it live. Doing it live. Let's see here. Starting with Rampage, it looks like only one match has been announced so far. They they are at uh, the Orlando, Florida. I was correct there. But the only match confirmed for Friday night is round two of Pac taking on Andrade Alidolo. That should be a hell of a match. That should be so much fun. Um, I'll be curious to see who wins. I will be curious to see who wins. Last time they went against each other, remember that was when Andrade kind of socked Chavo and got rid of him. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see who's going to come out on top. Maybe Andrade again. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Looking ahead to Dynamite October 23rd. Again, Miami, Florida. Let's see what they are advertising here because I don't remember. We have Malachi Black taking on Cody Rhodes in a round three. So that should be exciting. The second round of the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament match, Dustin Rhodes will be taken on Brian Danielson. Um, another round of the AEW World Title Tournament match, Lance Archer will be taken on Eddie Kingston. So then that must mean there's a title match on Rampage outside of uh, Pac and Andrade Ali Delo. Maybe not. But I feel like it might be. I feel like they said it kicks off on the 22nd. Let's see here. Did I skip something? I did. I skipped two things. I skipped several things, actually. Shit. The the website that I first went to for Rampage did not have everything. Pac and Andrade Alidolo, obviously not the only thing confirmed now. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Orange Cassidy will be starting off the World Title Eliminator Tournament on Rampage. As I already mentioned, Anna Jay taking on Britt Baker. Can't believe I forgot about that in a non-title match. And then they are announcing the bracket for the TBS um, Women's Championship. 
this Friday night on Rampage. So that's what we have to look forward to for Rampage and Dynamite this coming up 22nd and 23rd of October. We'll be back next Monday, October 25th with another episode. Uh, Probably just be me again, but I'm going to start kind of shopping around. I'm going to start seeing what I can do with this show. We'll see kind of see what we can do with this. We'll see how high we can actually get. And uh, if you know, if you know, I can get pretty high. So let's see how far we can actually take this show. Let's shoot for the stars and uh, let's see what happens. Maybe we'll get a crazy co-host that nobody could have ever expected. But that's going to unfortunately do it for the show this week. We're going to hot tag on out of here, as Dan would say. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all elite wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. Theme song of the week this week. Last week we went with TJ and it was my pick. This week would have been Dan's pick, but uh, unfortunately he's not here. So we're going to go with FTR, baby. We're going to go with their new theme. We've already obviously played their original. But they have a new theme now, and it is an homage to the 80s style music, maybe even earlier. We're talking about the likes of the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, guys like that. Uh, what a great theme this is. I think you're really going to like it. Check it out. It's called Dark Side of TR, FTR's new AEW theme. Now hit the music. Music. 